James and I really feel that, you know, in this next season, sorry, we keep talking about seasons all the time, um, but it does feel like a season change. But we feel like in this season, it's going to be so important to be ready to share about Jesus. We need to remember who we are. We need to remember what Jesus has done in our lives, how he has saved us, how he has transformed us, how he's forgiven us, mm. how he loves us, how he has freed us. Because there's a whole world out there that don't know this different way of living, the freedom that comes from knowing Jesus, the love that comes from the Father through Jesus. We, there's a whole world out there that don't know the security mm -hmm. that we have through knowing him. Yeah, we know that in these uncertain days, people are fearful. People are shaken, whether it's fearful about their health or their money or their belongings, their houses. It, it's a, it is a troubling time. But we know that in Jesus, we always have hope. In any situation we are facing, we always have hope. Mm. In any situation we are facing, we always have security in him. Mm. How many times in our lives have we sung, our hope is in you? Mm. Our hope is in nothing else but Jesus. Mm. And actually now is the time to stand on that truth and to declare Amen. and to display with our lives that Jesus is the only way, mm. that Jesus is our only hope. Mm. And I think we both feel just it's time to share our testimonies. You know, we've been really good at sharing testimonies of maybe healing or <clears throat> different things that Jesus has done. But how often do we just share how we met Jesus and how our lives have been transformed since meeting him? <clears throat> and actually, a couple of weeks ago, as a staff team, we, we were suddenly saying, what would it be like if we, if we just started sharing the testimony of how we met Jesus? Yeah. And maybe we could put videos out uh, just sharing our stories of meeting Jesus for the first time. Mm. And then it's fab because then we have Samuel's story today, who basically was hungering for Jesus. But what changed it was he heard Ben's testimony of Ben meeting Jesus and the, the difference that Jesus made mm. in Ben's life. It was his testimony of coming to know Jesus that brought someone else to faith. Mm. And I think we just want to remind you in these times that we have a different story with Jesus. We yeah. have a different life. And we've got to get it out there because people are hungry for that different life. And mm. we have the key to that. Uh, and, I, and I think um, it's even as, as Louise was saying about the word testimony, not getting hung up on that, <coughs> just sharing Jesus. You know, I, I think we both feel this is a season for, for personal evangelism. You know, for every single one of us. Um, I remember um, if you watched the Bishop of the Arctic uh, and the interview I did with him for our revival conference back in July, um, I said, you know, to, to Bishop David, I, I, I said, what, would you, what do you feel God is saying to the UK right now? And he said what Louise has just said. He said, remember who you are. Remember who you are as a country, 
the, the heritage you have of walking with God, of changing the world through sending missionaries and church leaders and, um, and the gospel out to all nations. But remember who you are. And, and if you had gathered up a Wiston Park um, today, then I would have told you words that Jesus said to his disciples on a hill 2,000 years ago, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, Jesus says. You are the light of the world. You're like a city on a hill. A city on a hill, you know, Jesus was referring to Jerusalem, but what that analogy would have meant for his disciples would, would be if you're out in the countryside, you could see when it went dark at night, the, the, the city lights brightly shining, and that would have meant to you refuge, it would have meant to you provision, it would have meant to you safety, it would have meant a place to gather when you're under pressure and under fire. And Jesus says, you to his disciples are the light of the world. Now we all think about Jesus being the light of the world and he is, but Jesus physically is not walking this earth now, but Jesus spiritually by the power of his spirit inside and on us as his people says to us, you are the light of the world. And you know, in this season where it is not that easy to gather together in numbers it's actually not that easy to put programs together to invite people to but it is easy in ones and twos to go and to be the gospel to share the gospel to share jesus with those around us and i just want to say church you know um we we um we've been trying to encourage you and we are encouraged because you're amazing but we just want to say you are the light of the world. Let's do this and let's just simply share Jesus with our neighbours, our families, our work colleagues. And I think what we feel is that we are coming into a time where it, there's just a harvest, there's an openness to the good news of Jesus and it is game on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we thought we'd briefly share our testimonies with you. And then we want to challenge you at the end, share your testimonies with one another. If you're with people right now, just share with them how you first met Jesus. If you are on your own, practice saying it out loud so that you're ready when you're in the supermarket, when you're with your neighbor, whoever you're with, that you're ready to share what Jesus has done in your life with others. So should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll try and be quick. Um, so I didn't grow up in a Christian household. Uh, we never went to church apart from weddings, not even Christmas or anything. And then at the age of, I think my mum said about seven, I started going to brownies. And my mum had grown up a Catholic and uh, she'd kind of walked away from it um, for quite a long time. But when we went on brownie parade, do you remember those days where brownies would and guides and everything would walk down the streets carrying flags? You go into a church. And I went on brownie parade and my mum came with me and she sat in the church. And I think obviously she knew the Lord from her Catholic days, but she had walked away. But obviously being there, being back in the church uh, started to awaken her faith. So through that, she started going to church and I started going with her. 
and I would go to Sunday school, which, and the church where I grew up was uh, very trad, very traditional. You know, we'd sing communion and all that kind of thing. Um, but they had a Sunday school, not many children. Um, and it, but it was fun. It was seeing friends. We'd sing, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we'd sing, we'd hear Bible stories. But I think for me, it was just fun. It was fun to go alongside, along on a Sunday morning and meet others. But I wouldn't say I really knew who Jesus was. I didn't really, it didn't really affect my life. And then fast forward uh, to the age of 13, my mum had given her life to the Lord at this point. I was still going to church and someone said to me, why don't you go on a, a camp, a Christian camp, a Pathfinder camp? So I went along and I took my a school friend with me. And I can honestly say being there with other teenagers, just uh, learning about Jesus, singing songs about Jesus, um, it made Jesus seem real to me for the first ever time in my life. I wasn't just reading about Noah or about feeding of the 5,000, but it and not hitting me. There was people there who, when they talked about Jesus, it was like he was a real person. And they would share their love for him and his love for them. And I just, I was like, I want to get to know who this Jesus is. Because I, I don't know who he is. I've read stories about him. I've heard stories about him, but I don't know him personally. And there and then, I gave my life to the Lord. And I have never looked back since. My life was transformed in an instant. And, you know, at age 15 then, I went on another camp, and I heard the Lord say to me that, I'm calling you to full-time Christian ministry. And hey, I'm 41 now and I'm still going for it. I've never, ever looked back. And you know, the amazing thing about the goodness of God as well is my whole family got saved within about three years of each other. My mum, my dad, my sister and myself. And, uh, and we are all still going for it in the Lord. Oh. And what a blessing. And he has just hugely changed my life. I have given my all to him and to love his church to love mm. his people and yeah i love him and will follow him all my days mm. amen come on that's so good i just want to pray for any of us here where we're still waiting for that time where other members of our family uh, to come to know jesus i, I just want to pray that uh, off the back of that story that you you've just reached into the whole of louise's family we just want to pray that right across the church, that uh, any of us here who feel like we're the only ones and feel like it could never happen in our families, in Jesus' name, I just want to pray that this would be the year, that this would be the time uh, where whole households, whole families, extended families will come to know Jesus. And we just bless you if you've been on your own for persevering and for praying all those times. But I just want to stand with you this morning and just say, we just want to believe, Lord, for whole families in Jesus' name. Mm, Amen. Amen. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've shared um, my story in church before, but I just want to do that again now. Uh, the community has been growing through this time. Um, and uh, 
Hey, Louise is asking to, so here I go. Um, so I remember being in primary school and the local church choir master came and did an assembly and he said, um, who wants to join the choir? Um, and we will pay you. Uh, so at six years old, I thought, well, I've got nothing better to do. Um, so for about four or five years, I went and sang in a very traditional Anglican church choir. Um, and every, at the end of every term, they give you a little brown envelope with about 18 pounds in it for all the services that you'd sung at. And you used to get, I remember three pounds 50 for a wedding. <laughs> it was five pounds if the wedding was video camera uh, and filmed um and um and sang um but i really finished that time um thinking okay that was what it was but there's not really anything to this uh, i remember the priest at the church being quite a scary figure and um i just remember thinking this is just sort of religious theater in that way unbeknownst to me things have been happening in my family and i was 11 years old and my dad announced to the family that he decided to enter ministry. Before then, he'd been working for Nationwide Building Society and building his kind of financial career. Um, and uh, he decided to enter ordained ministry. And at 11 years old, with the example of that priest ringing in my ears, I just thought, man, that is the worst thing that you could ever do. Um, and so that sort of catapulted me to essentially trying to prove my dad wrong, uh, beginning to investigate all the various philosophical, religious um, claims and ideas. Uh, but it also led me to, to running as hard away from God as I could. And I don't need to go into what I did and what I was up to, but it was not pretty. And it is parts of my life I'm not proud of. Um, but it was extreme hedonism extreme um rebellion and uh, all of that anyway at 15 years old i found myself outwardly extremely popular amongst the worst types of people um my life inwardly corroding and just knowing that doing life as hard as i could was just not working you know samuel said this morning didn't he that you know he felt just stuff um, almost like he was in a dark place. And outwardly, many would not have seen that, but inwardly, I just knew that I was just spiraling down and down. And my parents, who, uh, you know, they pleaded with me, go to um, some Christian meetings. And so I did. Um, and I went with some friends um, to a camp, a bit like Louise did, stayed away from the meetings. But the very final one, I went into this room with tons and tons of young people and it was just the most unculturally relevant but God-filled space that I'd ever experienced. It was absolutely wild um, and yet I knew God was in the room and suddenly someone jumped up and on a microphone they started talking about Jesus in such a real way. They started talking about how he was God and he'd come as one of us. And he laid his life down so that he could deal with all the stuff in our lives and that he could forgive us because of the sacrifice he made and that he'd come to, to show us the love of God and to lead us into relationship with God. 
And just like Louise, you know, that just made so much sense to me. It was like God was speaking directly to me. And I responded to what what this guy said. He said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, then then you've got to do it now. And for me, I just knew it wasn't this this person speaking, but it was God pulling my heart. And I responded and I, and I, they led me through a prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. And then I remember this young guy coming and praying for me. And I had this vision of Jesus just walking up to me, coming right the way to me. And as if as Jesus was as real as Louise's is now. And, you know, I thought I had my eyes open, um, but I could see Jesus coming to me and he placed his hands on me and he opened my heart and all this dark stuff poured out of me. And it went into Jesus, like through his arms. And as soon as this dark stuff went up his arms and hit his body, it just evaporated because he was just gleaming with light. And then when all the dark stuff had gone, just all this golden stuff came down his arms and just into my heart. And I just felt just such a peace and a joy and a light that I'd never known before. And I was changed. And then I suddenly sort of, and then Jesus um, kind of, walked away from me and then I opened my eyes I found I'd, I was on the floor and I had an encounter with him and I was changed and I sort of stood to my feet and then this same person was on the microphone saying God is calling people right now to give their lives to see his church come ablaze with his glory and his spirit and um, that's when I I, and I responded to that. I just felt like God was calling me to see his church become a place where encounters like what had happened to someone like me could happen for, for everybody. And um, that's what I've been trying to do ever since um, the age of 15 and um, collided with Louise and found someone even hungrier and more on fire for God than I was. And that's what we've been trying to do ever since. Um, so, um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to just encourage you everybody's testimony is different you know mine wasn't as crazy as jane's but my life was changed and you know i think every story has power yeah, to change people's lives because when you talk about jesus it can't not change people's lives and so we just want to encourage you this is the time to yeah. rise up church. Time, yeah rise up share your stories and constantly share your stories about who Jesus is, mm. how he saved you, how he loved you, how mm. he's forgiven you, the hope and the different life that we have in him. And we're not doing a training course, you know, right now, but you are you, how God has made yeah. you and what Jesus has done in your life carries power and anointing as you share it. Yeah. And really, it's just about being open enough uh, and maybe brave enough to just say, hey, I, mm. I, I can't help you in my own strength, but I can tell you what Jesus has done for me. And I know that he can do for you. Yeah. And as simple as that, you just begin to share. And I think this is the time, guys. Yeah.